Well, I guess we can say that a new era of the UFC heavyweight division has officially begun, Blake, with the crowning of Francis Ngannou as your new baddest man on the world. And that is a moniker that Francis Ngannou absolutely embodies because he he's so scary. He's so scary. It's so stupid how scary he is. Like, Saturday was something else, but Blake, how you feeling today? How, uh, just off of UFC 260, how you feeling? I'm feeling super good. Uh, uh, probably, in my opinion, one of the most entertaining cards, top to bottom, that we've uh, witnessed for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with the main card, we had one fight that actually went the distance, and it was a really good showing out of that one, too. Brandon Maverick with mm -hmm. that sole decision win. Everything else being submissions or knockouts. But, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another UFC Talk. I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the fourth along UFC correspondent, Blake Campbell, the illustrious man. And he's now successfully defended his Suck My Pick title. Have you, Blake, you set the record um, on Saturday night. You have now have as many title defenses as Stipe Miocic did with the heavyweight title with three title defenses. You started off this whole title. Um, it started off very poorly for you. Let, let's just put it that way. But you've more than redeemed yourself with four wins in a row now. So it's a really close one. But hats off to you, my man. Congrats. Thank you, man. I'm getting used to it. You know, I think I'm, I'm <laughs> taking bastard. my rightful place. You know where I belong. <laughs> UFC correspondent finally showing out with my uh, predictions. You know, it's like you're supposed to know this. It's like we pay you to know this. So you better be getting them right. I haven't gotten paid yet, so we're uh, keep that on the we're back We're not burn. getting paid monetarily, but you're getting paid in in uh in attention and love. Yes, 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 very much so. Is speaking of which, especially with the Blake's bankers, make sure every Friday to shower our boy Blake Campbell with some love on that. I know he's been begging for it because he's a little bit. Of tell a, me, a, tell me how wrong I am. Tell me which fights you think are going to be better. Right. I, I well, want. I want some more interactions. I, I want someone to actually prove Blake wrong for a second because. Normally that's just me doing that. I want one of you guys to do that, so we have a little more, a little more fun in here. It's just more of a dichotomy. But we, we're going to break down everything UFC 260 from giant knockouts to coming worthy falling down in a way I've never seen someone fall down before, to Tyron Woodley going out on a shield. Stephen Miocic reigns over. Is John Jones actually asking to get cut by Dana White in the UFC? Has your opinion on Aljamain Sterling soured? Or has it never been good in the first place? And then some huge news with the one of the biggest trilogy fights in UFC history. But Blake, we're going to get into things with UFC 260. And let's start off with the first fight on the main card with Jamie Malarkey versus Kam Unworthy. And this fight, in this knockout, ain't no malarkey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've been holding that one in since Saturday. Oh, man. Yeah, you even got a little chuckle out of me on that one. Oh, I feel good. Uh, yeah, this was a surprising fight for me. I mean, that mm -hmm. Malarkey guy is freaking solid, dude. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, I thought Worthy might be a little bit more athletic, a little bit more rangy. Um, but Malarkey really kind of just put him away there in the first round. He, he looked like a tough freaking dude, honestly. It was really surprising because he's had um, one fight in the UFC. This is back in October of 2020. That was the Ortega and Korean zombie card. 
he lost that one. He gets his first UFC win, and also he gets 50k to show for it. And it's not like Conor Worthy's a, a, a solid opponent. He's a really solid guy in that lightweight division. He's one of the more, um, probably one of the better unranked guys uh, in that really stacked division. And so it was really surprising to, for me at least, is to see him go down the the betting underdog uh, uh, by a fairly wide margin, is able to cash that check, and he knocks out Conor uh, Worthy in a way where I've never seen someone kind of float fall onto their face the way where they did it was it was almost cartoonish yeah it, it looked a little awkward huh it it didn't look right didn't look right but i'd rather fall down like that than uh have my leg folded under me and then have my head yeah. into the canvas uh, i'd rather like, i'd rather take it like that than stipe so oh it's, well we'll get to that when we get there um the next one was miranda maverick and she was taking on in her second ufc fight her first ranked opponent in number 15 ranked Jalen Robertson and Maverick looked phenomenal in this fight like in all facets of in the stand-up in the clinch in the ground she looked really good and it looks like she's primed for a big step up in competition in her next UFC fight and I, I think people could take this one or two ways right uh I in my opinion my favorite part of that fight uh was actually the second round and seeing how Miranda kind of Miranda Maverick how she kind of you know, changed her game plan on the fly a little bit. She recognized, Hey, I'm kind of getting dominated here on the ground. I got to do something. I got to change something up to get that third round back. Cause it was in, in my opinion, one-to-one -one going into the third round. And so seeing her come back out in the third round and just get right to the domination again, uh, it really kind of showed me that she's, uh, you know, the real deal. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she got a top 10 opponent next. I wouldn't be surprised if she made a real run in that flyweight division. Well, she was talking after that, but just real quick, it. I'm glad you brought that because she looked. She didn't look like someone in her second UFC fight. That was like five, six fights in. That's on the second UFC contract because that was a veteran move. That was. And who was she fighting? The girl that already has the record for most fights in the flyweight division. So I mean, that's impressive in itself. The girl has tons of experience. And Robertson isn't slouch. I know she's only 15 no. ranked, but she's not slouch. She's good competition. Uh, but after that, uh, Maverick was talking about how eventually she's going to be facing the flyweight champion in the world, uh, Valentin Shevchenko. So why not but start off with the other Shevchenko in this division, in Antonina Shevchenko, uh, Valentina's sister. I, in, um, the other Shevchenko, she's currently ranked 12th in the flyweight division. I know it's not a top 10, but she called her out, and I'm cool. I think that'd be a solid fight. Maverick called her out. Maverick called her out. In the I like that call out. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. They beat up her, beat up the champ's sister. I'm sure that's going to get you on her radar. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. That's a great. That's a great strategy. That's there's because I mean I mean even though it's the twelfth, if your sister gets beat up by by this girl, you're like, ooh, you know, you know. I mean, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because then it's like she almost gets a training camp ahead of time to prepare to prepare with Antonina to fight her but mm. at the same time it's like oh well you know like you it, you were thinking you were gonna take that fight anyway and so you getting to beat up her sister get maybe some emotional uh ties into that fight you know and in, coming into that fight who knows it could it could be beneficial it could be completely not beneficial who knows but I I'm a fan of it anything that's a step up in the ranking and gonna get you a closer step to your uh champion whoever's you know ruling your weight class i think you can't go wrong with that 
No, and if at least I know I'm looking real far into the future with this one, Blake. But imagine she goes up and beats the hell out of she um, Anthony Shevchenko, and she eventually fights Valentina Shevchenko for that flyweight title. UFC makes great promo packages. I'm sure this is going to be a way to make it that much better. Bring this. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they're they're going to have their work uh, a little easier for them. And now with this third fight of the main card. As soon as this went down, I was like, oh boy, Blake is going to have some words to say on uh, Monday when we record this, so you guys can listen to this on Tuesday. The hype train of Sugar Sean O'Malley is not only back, it is all the way back, and it has fully departed from its brand new station. It was derailed Full steam a ahead. Full steam ahead. We When when we ran to uh, uh, you know, Cheeto Vera... There was like there's something on the track that the train the train halted. It wasn't a train wreck. Nothing broke. We just had to get a little halt. You know, kind of heard a cattle going across the track. We just had to take a little break. You know, and now we're just jamming on through because Sugar Sean is back and he is back in dominant fashion because he bullied Thomas Almeida for three rounds. He should have had that KO in the first. Instead, in the first he almost he thought he had the walk off, which is something he's good at doing. Didn't quite get it, and then he just, in the third, knocks him down, and he walks over to him, and he just batters his head into the canvas in a finish similar to what we saw in the main event, so it's almost like Francis Ngannou took a page out of Sugar Sean O'Malley's book. Um, I mean, he did what Francis did, but better, but better, in my opinion. I mean, he did everything that he said leading up into this fight that he was going to do. He said, I'm going to bust this dude up. What did he do? He went out there and busted that dude up for about 13 and a half minutes straight. I mean, seriously, it was masterful. He, I think he maybe took one significant shot, in my opinion, that like actually, I was like, oh, you better watch out there, man. Uh, I want to say that might have been in the second round. He mm -hmm. took a really nice shot from Thomas that actually got him on the jaw. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was a pretty smooth sailing night for for Sean. I mean, that that first uh, that first head kick that he that he landed connected full shin on the dude's face hit him with a straight right after that. I want to say it was a straight right, right after that. Mm -hmm. The lights were on, but you could tell nobody was home. For some strange reason, the referee just wanted this guy to be murdered that The refs let some things go tonight, <laughs> on Saturday I, night. It was like we saw Mario back in there, bro. Oh, or Yamasaki or whatever hey, back in there. If only you guys saw the video, he threw, you see me throwing out the hearts. Oh, my. Man. Uh, it, it, no, there was just Blake, so many aspects just let be of a warrior, that fight. Blake. I was just letting her be a warrior. I don't know. Sure, yeah. Just go out on their shield. If they die, they die. Um, but like I was saying, there's, there's so many aspects that I think go unnoticed. Like when Bruce Buffer's calling Sean's name and he goes, you know, 12 and 1, Sean holds up the zero. Just perfect timing. I mean, the celebration was phenomenal. Everything. The walk-offs, DC, the, the broadcast crew, everyone was giving him crap. All freaking fight. And I hate that. I hate that lately, Joe and Daniel, they'll get stuck on a freaking topic and they will not divert from that topic it's, it's like annoying. okay dude you yeah. said it three times now we understand the point you're trying to make let's just talk about the fight now because if you're talking about the fight if you're watching the fight sean is beating the piss out of this guy mm -hmm. focus on the fight why are you worried about when he's finishing a guy the dude's a freaking lion he can play with his food if he wants to what the hell you got to do with it? i mean it's an entertainment business yeah. shut your mouth watch the fight and freaking call the fight we don't need you going in there and saying how we should be doing things because joe guess what you're not a fighter and daniel guess what you lost all the biggest fights in the world besides stipe fights so good job anyway sean 
amazing performance. Nothing bad to say about it. All the haters that say you should have finished it in the first, go get a glass of milk or something, man. You sound so weak. <laughs> I love that. And then Sugar Sean, he's still undefeated according to the Sugar State Athletic Commission. Uh, he's still 13-0. <laughs> under that, that you 14-0 coverage. now or 13-0 now? Uh, now well, well, technically he's 14-0 now. So he's um, 14-0 under the Sugar State Athletic Commission, um, the best governing body in all of MMA. You bet your ass that uh, weed is not only accepted in there, it is encouraged and also braided. It is enforced. Enforced. <laughs> Mandatory weed. When they test for weed, if you test negative, you get suspended. Uh, but take a peek at the numbers be, um, because it was an all-around butt whooping. 91 total strikes to just a 25. So 86 SIGs to 25 of them. Uh, blind to Sugar, Sean O'Malley. And it was not close. I would – it was the second. Close. I mean, The second round was a little interesting. Like I will give the, you know, the broadcast crew a little bit of credit there. Like, yeah, the second round wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. But even in the second round, he was still pacing them up. So, yeah. I mean – he got 15 minutes to go out there and perform and do something sweet. I think he did multiple sweet things in that fight. I mean, it was it was awesome to watch. It, I really don't think I uh, – I'm trying my hardest not to be biased. But seriously, name a fighter that's more exciting to watch. Seriously. Corey Sandhagen is the only guy that comes up in mind right now at, the, mm-hmm. at you know uh, – Can we count that, that's in that division? There's no way. Is he exciting fighter or is he just downright terrifying? He's terrifying more than, and he's exciting as well. But it's yeah. it's different, right? Because Sean, it's not. I don't know. It's it's really tough to put it into words. Like he's doing flashy things. Francis, it's more of like awe-inspiring power, mm. right? Where yeah. Sean, it's more artistic, flowy, just style you know, unorthodox. Bender-esque. Yeah, exactly. Well, style bender. Besides the young fight, besides the young fight. Um, certainly the style bender-esque uh, in there. Now, what about Sugar Sean's next fight? Uh, there's reports, I believe it's Channel Sonnen that received a, a mm-hmm. text from former... Supposedly from Dom Cruz. Former bantamweight champion of the world, Dominic Cruz, that Dominic Cruz would be interested in a fight with the Sugar Show. He just beat his teammate, Casey Kenny. Mm-hmm. So, so. you want to see this? Is, is this a fight to make? Huge it's fight surpri- it's, for it's surprising that uh dom reached out about that it kind of yeah. it's kind of yeah i don't know i, I don't know what that. other word besides surprising to, to say there um because i don't really get it on his side it's not mm-hmm. like he's gonna get paid extra to maybe he just wants more eyes on him i'm not sure because that's that's just like a weird angle for him. now sugar calling out dom i think is fantastic but sugar i mean he dom calling out sugar he doesn't he didn't even want to call anyone out he's like yeah ufc will give me a name and because that's how he is like he's like the mcgregor of the of the bantamweight division right he's the money fight um he's almost wants to fight him he might be red pain i assume he could be dude i mean if he keeps knocking people out like he is and then now he's he gets chance number two right because Mm -hmm. when he he he, uh took that step up in competition with cheeto that was supposed to be his ticket into being a ranked opponent right Mm -hmm. from then on it was going to be a steady ladder up this is going to be his chance. He's he's most likely going to get a top 15 guy, you would think, after that he, amazing he performance against to. a guy that used to be on a 21-fight win streak. Like, yeah. come on, let's let's put some credit – or let's give some credit to Thomas Almeida. The guy is tough as nails. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him. A fight with Don Cruz, though, how freaking awesome would that be? That would be that would be awesome. That's badass. Seriously. That's how I can I, describe it. And 
it's an interesting situation, like you said, for Dominic Cruz because he's looking a little shaky. Uh, I mean, he uh, won a split decision in his last fight. Um, and it's, it's. I still thought that was a good performance, though. I thought it was a good performance, but it. Obviously, he's been on the decline. He's he's on the back end of his career. So, this is a really interesting class between a guy that's primed to be, at least the UFC hopes to be a future champion in that division, and a guy that's almost on his way out. But this would be a huge scalp for, for Sugar Sean if they're able to make this fight and if he's able to beat Dominic Cruz. Which What's Cruz ranked right now? Eight? He's nine. Nine right nine? now. Nine? Okay. Yeah. Man, so, that's so crazy. I just can't fight? believe it. Against Dominic Cruz. I mean, that name. And not a lot of people. Maybe I feel like Dominic Cruz is underrated in a way where I don't think enough people give him really the respect he has. It is a legitimate, really good champion in that division. Like, he he was a champ. Um, You know, like, you know what I mean. There's some. He was Aldo level. You know, yeah. he was John Jones level. There was no one beating him. Exactly. But you know what he I mean. He cleared like, out that division at one point. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's your, there's your no disrespecting, but there's like a um alexander volkanovsky type champion and then you have your john jones type champion they're they're two different champions you know and that was that was dominic cruz you have your usman champion and you have your style bender champion no offense <laughs> please don't but kick my ass come on you gotta start defending that belt again so i loved i and to to wrap things up i love this potential matchup it will be some good stuff Dude, that shit talk. If if they did get personal, Ooh. that would be kind of that would be kind of wild because Dom Cruz gets he gets freaking. Dom Cruz can talk. Yeah, no, he's he's a really good crap talker. He, like, he's good unless you're going against Cody Garbrandt. But in fact, what you talking about? Yeah, Cody about? Cody Garbrandt had that. I don't know, man. He 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 was the kryptonite for Dom Cruz. Well, no, you remember <laughs> that one interview they were doing on on that on that live show? He's just like Dom Cruz, just like, what are you talking about? I never. He's like, I never chase pussy or something. <laughs> And it totally like, went over Dom's head that he called him a pussy. Yeah, I know, but it's like, come on, Dom, he kind of got you there, well, bro. He kind of. <laughs> so if Do... I... no, here's my thing, Blake. I know we're going way back, but Dominic Cruz won that because because of his ignorance. His his response to that won him that biz. If he acknowledged Cody Garbrandt's insult about that, then I, I think it, it would have landed. People of more of the audience would have understood it. But since Dominic Cruz just went, what you talking about? A lot of people went, oh, yeah, that didn't make any sense for him from Cody Garbrandt. That's so, just sheep, bro. Like, Cody won. Not only did he win that exchange, but he won the, fuck, the fight. So, exactly. I mean, dude's dude's killing it in life, in my opinion. That was high. IQ. Now, if you watch the TJ Dillashaw buildup, yeah, Ooh. dude. Dom Cruz bullied that kid. Yeah. It was rough to watch. Yeah. Same that, thing with, like, all the Uri Uriah Faber buildups. It was like, man, dude, lay off a little bit, dude. <laughs> it, was, it was tough. It was, it was, like, almost yeah. too much. But you know what they say. I may have a smooth brain, but that just means all my insults or all your insults just roll right off of me. <laughs> Not a bad way to live. Not at all. Blissful ignorance. And speaking of blissful ignorance, let's talk about Tyron Woodley's career. How's that his for a transition? Uh, let, talking about his rap I'm career? I'm talking about his fight career because he uh, still thinks that he has his it. His fight career is over. Probably. So, Unless Tyron he goes Woodley to versus... We'll get to that. Vincente Luque in the co-main event was supposed to be the third fight on the card, but it got moved to co-main because we lost uh, Bolkanazi versus Ortega. Hopefully we get that fight soon because it looks – that's such a good fight. 
But that was crazy, man. I can't believe that that we lost. I keep forgetting that that fight was imagine, supposed to be but, on that card. So this card was phenomenal. Imagine if we had that fight too. Yeah, I mean that's you can't have you can't always get what you want. Isn't that a song? Yeah, it is Don't what it is. Don't ask me by who. Uh, I can't. I couldn't tell you. I know the we'll song. just say it's the Eagles because they made like almost all the songs. <laughs> Watch it actually be by the Eagles. <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, but this was a really fast fight. It started off quick. It ended just as quick. And Woodley, in his last it's by fight, the Rolling on, Stones. By by the Rolling Stones. That was close. Thanks for the fact check. Uh, but it started off real quick. Tyron Woodley on the last fight of his UFC contract. Probably his last fight, almost no matter what, it, it, it possibly depends what uh, depends Scott on the Coker? Yeah, it, it would depend. Hmm? Scott Coker. Scott Coker, that's the man. Depends on Scotty Boy. Hey, all I know is Scott was watching this with the fight, just smiling and rubbing his greasy little hands. Dude, I mean, if you can somehow convince Tyron to come out like he did against Luke every fight. He's a he's a fun fighter to watch. I, I mean, he was much... about to win. He almost had Luke for a second. He, dude, he hit Luke with a brick. Yeah, and Luke just ate it. Well, I was, it was like, cool. my for God. like a minute, we saw the champion Tyron Woodley. Yeah, again. and that we was... saw the Robbie Law, the one that knocked Robbie Lawler crazy, dude. I missed it. I missed that Tyron Woodley. We because those last three fights, losing fifteen rounds in a row, getting dominated for three fights. You kind of forget. How good he was and how heavy of a hitter that man can how be. How fast his hands are when he lets yeah. him go. It's, yeah. It's weird because I'm kind of torn because I, I don't think he has a future in the UFC. But speaking of Scott Coker, he could still be one of the best, if not the best, welterweight in Bellator. So if he's done with the UFC, if the UFC decides not to resign him, I know a lot of time. I, I mean, I made the joke, and thank you for you guys for, for liking the hell out of that one on Twitter, that um, I would like to be the first one to congratulate um, Tyron Woodley on signing with Bellator. Um, put that one out there. I was real proud of that one. But <laughs> a lot of the time we make fun of guys for going to Bellator because it's the B-level company, you know? It's like them, then 1FC. Uh, one, don't want to disrespect you want to see. They actually have a really cool show and how they combine multiple makes martial or multiple martial arts on the same card so they it's no disrespect to them but i mean the ufc it's it's the top dog just know? in terms of platform yeah. and uh popularity and viewership it's just a fact it's not even it's not like you're talking crap on them it's just a fact like the premier league right now is ufc and mma that is yeah. the gold standard that's, what, that's I mean, just the facts come on the xfl is great but you have the nfl no one's ever going to be able to compete with numbers NFL. don't lie all i gotta say yeah. numbers don't lie but a lot of time we make fun of these guys for for ex-ufc fighters going to bellator because they can't hack it in in the ufc anymore i don't think this is a bad move if anything because i it looks like at least for a flash turn woodley still has it so if he can go to a place where it's a little closer to i guess his skill level if you want to put it that way and we could still see turn woodley performances i'd be okay with that right like he's not having to go against top five guys in the world and or maybe top 10 top 15 yeah guys in the world now you know because that's where all the best guys go to is is usually either going to be pfl now because of that million dollar payday or ufc pfl is so really coming on strong right now it's exciting they got a good model um so yeah i mean for me the only thing that's that's a little sketch is is tyron's age so i think mm -hmm. he's close I, he, he's for sure closer to 40 than he is you know 35 
Yeah. Um, I want to say he's 39 almost, right? He is 38. 38. So he's turning 39, I want to say, this year. Yeah. Um, um, uh, April 17th, he'll be 39. So, yeah. He, it's so he's basically 39. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, if, unless he's hurting for money, like, shoot. Why he doesn't have anything call to prove. It. Yeah, he's, he was a champ. I mean, he was he beat Wonderboy. Mm-hmm. He, he beat a bunch of really good dudes. He beat Till. I mean, yeah, there's, in my opinion, he's had a phenomenal career, yeah. except for his rap and uh, <laughs> nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing, nothing to hold his head, you know, to not hold his head high to. I mean, really the guy is a savage. He, he went and competed against all the best. See, I have nothing bad to say about him. Like I, I thought we talked trash about him, but it's when it's all said and done. I know, at least in my perspective, I know a lot of the MMA community and I, you include you two include Blake is that, we're going to, when we look back on Tyron Woodley's career, I don't really think we'll remember these last three, four fights. I think we're going to just focus, at least hopefully focus, on his championship reign and how good he was when he was in his prime because he's one of those fighters that deserves to be recognized in that light. Oh, yeah. And so, it kind of hurt to watch this because, oh, is Woodley back? it's yeah it's we're seeing it happen more and more often now you know like it's kind of a changing of the guards all the old kind of legends of the sport are kind of you know getting getting passed up now by these younger guys and that's just it's just the way it goes and speaking of a changing guard blake what better way to bring us into the main event of the evening than with that because the, the 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 scariest man the baddest man one of the biggest men <laughs> was uh he's the brand new ufc heavyweight champion in the world and it is absolutely phenomenal i just gotta say that this fight it, it's almost it, it was tough because i mean stipe got knocked the hell out it was that was a tough knockout to lot to watch and it's like it was one of those fights where I didn't want either guy to win because Francis Gondo, he deserves an opportunity like he didn't this. want either guy to lose you mean sorry thank you Thank you. Um, to, to lose because it's just that, so amazing. That story, There's such great that, stories. It, yeah, and the, but then yes, yeah, Ipe, the greatest heavyweight champion of all time, one of the most disrespected champions of all mm-hmm. time, and he's just one of the nicest damn people. And he's a full-time firefighter, part-time fighter. If we're really going to look at it, and he does this, and, and no one on either fighter, no one can say a single bad thing about either man. And so it was just tough to see, but hats off to Francis Ngannou because he's clearly the best and scariest heavyweight in, in, in the world. And he showed that in, with a emphatic st- statement in that second round. Yeah, I think he made all the necessary adjustments, you know, from mm-hmm. the first fight leading into the second fight. Because going into this fight, I thought the, the game plan had pretty much been laid out for Stipe. Mm-hmm. Get him tired, let him blow his load, and he'll be there to be hit. Take him down, All you gotta do is do just wrestling. Yeah, just don't. And that's the thing too is in the first round when he went for that shot and got denied. Yeah, you know, and 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 Francis stuffed him and and actually like took his back and started punching him. Yeah, ground and pounding. The fight was, was like, getting close to ending right there. Oh my goodness, what's going on here? Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I I would love to know what was going through Stipe's mind at that point at that point in time because me watching that on the TV, I was like, like eyes were. You know, shot open, jaw was dropped. I was like, "Oh my goodness, this guy is the—he's—he's he's the real deal." Now. You want to know why I was thinking? I saw that. And I just went, "Oh, oh no!" 
Stipe is screwed. Unless, <laughs> it's unless, over. It's over. Yeah, unless something super crazy happens. You're not going to stand. Or he has up. a granite chin. There's just no way because Francis was in full-on predator mode. Well, I wouldn't say full-on. Well, in a way because the patience. You could clearly see that this man was a veteran. He, he Oh, but he was there to kill that night, oh, bro. He was there to kill. He was there to kill. He wasn't there like in the first fight. We saw him just swinging. We just saw him swinging. But he was this, very much more controlled. He was calculating his shots. He was calculating the risk. He was he was um getting that he was um, making he was keeping an eye on, on the distance between them. He was keeping his distance. He was playing he wasn't just playing it safe, but he was playing it effective. And I just don't know Stipe really I never really saw a window in that fight, albeit it was only for five minutes and 52 seconds but i never really saw a window that stipe he landed a couple shots he landed a couple like shots. right right before he got knocked out he landed a good shot yeah um but he even said i kind of overextended myself i got excited when i landed that shot mm. and kind of you know uh diverted from the game plan that mm. he really should have stuck to and ended up getting caught with that vicious freaking strike from francis that like almost changed the dude's face up yeah, and then that finisher on the ground that was so unnecessary. But I'm not gonna blame Francis Ngannou for that. I have no. Ref's got to do his job. He's got to exactly. be there faster. You yeah. know, you, they're big uh, dudes. The rule is you you stop punching the guy once the ref moves. Yeah. Um, and, know, and in a championship fight like that, yeah. why you why risk it? You're you're messing with hundreds of thousands, probably millions of dollars at that point. Exactly. I, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So no no hate to, to Francis Ngannou there. He was just doing the fight. It was yeah. nothing personal. And you saw them after the fight; they were both super respectful with each oh, other. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think it was just fantastic. It's unfortunate, but Francis Zagano, from if we compare him from his 2018 fight with with Stipe Miocic to to Saturday night, that is two different fighters, and the whole world should be absolutely trembling in in their uh, well, I guess they don't really wear shoes in their ankle wraps. Uh, because this is is an absolutely scary human being. Yeah, and it seems like he really did take the lead up to the fight this time, uh, you know, way differently. Mm -hmm. He wasn't flying to Paris the week of. He wasn't doing all that those crazy media obligations that he, you know he had the first time. Mm -hmm. Seemed like he was a lot more prepared for this fight. You know, uh, didn't didn't think he already won it before he actually fought. You exactly. know, I watched a bunch of the the countdown. There's a few other. Uh, programs that i watched leading up I, I was heavily invested in ufc yes. 260 like yes i don't know what it, but it was the heavyweights and sean like i was super pumped up all last week and the heavyweight so, title it, it does something it I, I watched that it. ufc main event you know the one that actually shows the whole fight from the first stipe and francis mm -hmm. you know time they fought and i was like Damn, that's what really made me think okay stipe has this like he he has a formulated game plan. He knows what to do. As long as he sticks to it, he should be able to repeat this result. Yep. But Francis, I really do think um, the buildup had something to do with him a little bit, maybe a lot of it last time they fought because it just seemed like he was so exhausted and worn down by the time he even got into the fight. And he, he echoed everything that I'm saying right now in you know the press conference buildup mm -hmm. and in the post-fight press conference as well. So, I mean – there, there must have been a little bit of something to do with with what he was going in the buildup, yep. going through in the buildup in that first fight. It, man, that was just something else. Uh, but now, where do we go from here? So there's three options that you could really do for the next heavyweight title fight. 
First option is John Jones, um, and this is the expected option until we get into the story after this. This is what's more than likely going to happen. This is what I think is the correct move to make after this. The other option could be a rematch with Stipe Miocic, do the rubber match between these guys. Now, the only problem is I'm not sure on the future of Stipe Miocic. Dan Cormier believes uh, heavily that he, Stipe just might retire. There's a consensus out there that a lot of people might think that Stipe might just retire after this. And I know before the fight, he was saying, yeah, this is the best I've ever been and stuff like that. But, I mean, most fighters really say that. Let, let's be honest. And to the point, almost like Cotton Woodley, I don't know if Stipe has really anything left to prove to us. And then the third option is going to be pretty much the the only ranked next number one contender for this. And that is, we can get the rematch, Blake, between Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis. A very, very high-level first fight between them. Very entertaining. Derek Lewis took that one in dominant fashion. Um, <laughs> I almost fell asleep just you talking about it right there. Sorry. What no, no, that first Derek fight Lewis? sucked. Francis? That, that that first fight was so awful. Let's let let's not even talk. I think when we if they ever make this fight, they're just not going to talk about the first fight. I think they're they're just going to pretend like that never happened. Yeah, it's so underwhelming. You know, oh, that I, was so bad. But Derek Derek's Lewis, been on a tear, yeah. and so is Francis. So it's not like he doesn't deserve it. It's just yeah. it's just unfortunate that their first fight was just so piss poor. Well, it didn't have to be. As Francis Ngannou was scared if, if you could actually believe that he looked gun shy and then Derek lewis had back spasms right before he made his walkout <laughs> so yeah unfortunate stuff. unfortunate situations there but i mean if they ran that back i wouldn't be upset with it it just mm-hmm. wouldn't i don't think it would really be i don't know I, well what's the fight to point, make then what's a, what's the fight to make at this point whoever francis fights is going to get decent eyes now because he's got you know the whole country of Africa uh, behind him. Their whole mm-hmm. continent. I'm sorry, of Africa behind him. Yeah. Uh, and you know he's just going to turn into this global international superstar. Uh, but the fight to make, in my opinion, if we we're talking about dollar dollar bills, y'all, uh, is John Jones yes. because it's just the easiest fight ever to make. The best light heavyweight of all time versus the you know scariest man on the planet. It just sells itself right there. I mean, they both is, want it. John Jones says, "Show me the money." I mean, either Francis way, Gunner whoever said, wins, whoever wins that, it's it's good for business. John Jones is either going to be like legitimately like the baddest dude of all time across any weight down. class, hands or down. Francis is going to be just that dude. You know, he's going to be the new age best of all time. Maybe not best of all time, but at least scariest of all time until mm-hmm. he proves that he's the best of all time. And to hand, if he's the one to hand, John Jones has never lost a fight. He might have a loss on his record, but he's never gotten beat in the decision or he has never been finished, never been said, never been knocked out. So that would be huge. That would be huge. I think that would definitely pique my interest. <laughs> to say the least, I, I no matter where what you do, I think it, it's a good fight of any of these three. But if we're talking the biggest fight we're talking John Jones, and then at this point, they're probably thinking if we're going to have, um, we'll talk about our last one, looking Connor Dustin, looking for July tenth. Um, that's we'll talk about that later. So this is probably a August kind of thing, especially the heavyweight division doesn't move quickly. It might now, it might move a little faster now. 
I guess my one qualm with Stipe Miocic is he, for his last three fights, only really fought once a year. Um, but it also didn't help when you had uh, Danny Cormier poking the hell out of your eyes so you couldn't see for half a year. So you can't see, you can't frame. That's besides the point. So looking at August, we're going, well, we're already going to have a full gate next month at UFC 261. So this is, you're going to be able to sell out a lot of seats here. Um, and, and, and so it's going to be a big money fight for either guy. And so Francis Gunn versus John Jones would be fantastic. But Blake, that does it for UFC 261. The best cards that we've seen in a while. Better than UFC 259. A card that was, in my opinion, a card that was super hyped, super stacked. I think this card is better. Blew out the water. Is is Not that just close. a heavyweight thing? Is that just what happens when you have a heavyweight championship of the world on the line? I think it's just what happens when you have good matchups. Like mm-hmm. this, those matchups, they were they were all just really fantastic matchups. Everyone showed up exactly how everyone expected them to show up. And it's not it's not always, that's not always the case, yeah. you know. Like uh, when you whenever you have those three title fights, that's a lot of pressure. I feel like on the fighters and, mm-hmm. and on the organization for them to, to, you know, to come through and be good fights. And you see, I mean, anything can happen in the fight game. DQs, uh, people just kind of being embarrassing. Yeah, at least Dean Anderson. At least you break the streak of back to back cards ending uh, having one DQ either in one of the co-mains or the main. So yeah. We were able to break. Imagine this main event ended with a DQ. No, <laughs> that'd be the no. worst thing ever. Thank God no. it didn't. But there it goes. That's our coverage for UC two sixty, and we're going to move into our next story of the show because we were talking. The match to make is going to be between Francis Ganu and John Jones. But the problem is, are we even going to see John Jones on the UFC roster? Because in a series of deleted tweets from early uh, earlier in the day of uh, March 29th, we had John Jones put out the tweets, please just cut me already. You would rather have me around and treat me like the S word. Um, I swear the UFC industry has been nothing but depressing for me. I feel like my wings are being clipped. Just effing let me go. What type of weird S is this? Obviously the boss hates me. Let me take my business elsewhere. Of course, like I said, all these tweets have been deleted since then. Blake. Scott Coker's just like rubbing his hands together. Oh, first Tyron Woodley. Now, John Jones. <laughs> so, um, and all I got to say, speaking of Coker, uh, I feel like there's a very, very easy explanation to these string of tweets, Blake. All right. You, you want to see it? Yeah. John Jones back know. to his old habits. <laughs> I don't think he's doing the blow. He might be drinking a little cider, you know, <laughs> some some hard ale cider. What do you uh, make of this though? Should we take this with? He's a- emotional. I mean, dude, imagine if you were in John Jones's position uh-huh. and your boss was sh- openly shit talking you on TV. Like, yeah, I'd be furious. I'd be furious. So Dana I kind of I even say I I didn't think Dana White said anything that bad about. Dana I think Jones. he did. I'm dude. Are you kidding me? You're he's telling another grown man that is beat. I mean, don't even make me get started on the list of people he's beat. Yeah. That he is scared of another, you know, grown man that is in the same company as him. I think like, he that's is. Just, so it's a problem. 
but he's not. That's the thing is he, he wants to be, sure. he wants to be fairly paid. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the paydays that UFC yeah. fighters get compared to other promotions. And it's, you can't, you can't really use that whole, Oh, boxing is different beach. Like, no dude, UFC is getting big time it's numbers huge. now. Yeah. It's getting huge numbers. You can't use that same bull crap excuse mm-hmm. anymore. You need to give John Jones what he's deserved or you need to come to a middle ground you know, and, and, and talk it out. You can't just go out there and, and bash the guy and say, Oh, you know, but I understand what Dana's doing. He, cause, yeah. cause right now John has the leverage, right? So Dana has to do something to kind of put him back in his place. Dana wants a businessman. He, the, everything he so. says is calculated. This statement if you're, was if you're a, calculated. Yeah. If you're, if you're the owner of the UFC, whether, whether it was the Frida brothers for Tita brothers back in the day, or mm-hmm. who is it now? Zufa, I don't Zufa know LLC is, now. is the owner. You got to love Dana, right? Because, I mean, dude is just going out there and he is, you know, trying to save you every cent possible. Mm-hmm. So I understand both sides, but in my personal opinion, this is the biggest fight that could potentially ever go down in UFC history. You have the light heavyweight greatest of all time versus the scariest mother effort you have ever entered your organization. Mm-hmm. Make the fight, give him what he's deserved, and just get on with it. Like no one needs to, no one needs to freaking worry about like the fighter pay shouldn't even be a question right no. now. It's just, he has put in his body of work. If you want him to come fight the baddest dude on the planet, give him what he's worth. And he's not going to, he's going to show up and he's going to fight. John Jones, he deserves it. He he hands down deserves it. One of the greatest, if not the greatest fighter of all time. This gate, this going to bring in a sold out crowd is going to sell within five minutes. Cause this is. One of those crazy stylistic fights that you have no idea what's going to happen. And especially John Jones being his first fight in the division is huge nonetheless. This is going to be Dana, huge. I would buy that pay-per-view instantly. I might actually me? buy this pay-per-view. Well, I would actually, buy sorry, that sorry, pay-per-view like, I buy, instantly. I buy every single pay-per-view. Um, Disney, ESPN. I, no, no, I do not. But <laughs> I would buy that one instantly. I didn't even buy Sugar Sean's, bro. I am telling you right now, John Jones versus Francis, I would be buying that. So, Dana, you're welcome. That's 70 more dollars to your name. Just make the fight. That's the closest thing because, I mean, Pride, uh, shout out to Pride, Pride Never Die. We saw freak show fights in that promotion. This is as close as we're ever going to get to, like, a freak show kind of fight, uh, a freak athlete kind of fight because this stuff is absolutely insane. It's like two NFL players throwing down, damn near, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but that John actually Jones, specialized in Jones MMA. With the you know? end, uh, Francis Ngannou would be the scariest defensive interior. It's like a Khalil player. Mack, I'd say. He, he looks like Khalil Mack to me a little bit. Imagine if Khalil Mack was that big. That's what I'm. I think he is, dude. I think no, he's he's bigger than Khalil Mack. I would argue. I mean, I, at least I'm a hands down argue that that um, he's stronger than Khalil Mack. I don't think Khalil Mack could hit like so, a Ford Fiesta at full speed. Uh, so Francis Ngannou, <laughs> let's do a quick comparison. How how tall is he? Uh, I think he's what six five. Why doesn't it just say right here on Wikipedia? Bro? Oh, it's because of Wikipedia. Okay, he's six foot four. Six foot four. He's six foot four, and let's say like what two? Let's just he's say two sixty four. What are you waiting at? Yeah. Okay, and then Khalil. Khalil Mack is. He is. God, this doesn't say. <laughs> Come on, bro. Come on, give me the Khalil Mack. Six, okay, so he's six three two sixty. So they're very close. They're close. Uh. uh... Khalil might have a little bit more bulk on him, but yeah. Francis will have like an inch or so of height. Well, you know, we see no offense to Khalil Mack, but he is not as shredded as. Oh no, the best comparison. Although there's a bit of a Khalil Mack is definitely as shredded, bro. You tripping? But, uh, no, the best comparison we can make. There's a couple inches in height between them, but let's stop. Francis Ganu, Aaron Donald. 
two of the DK scary- Metcalf. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, maybe not. But DK well, imagine Metcalf, that. bro. Imagine that that is is a, is a thing because we had the scariest fighter on the planet against the scariest football player on the planet in, in Aaron Donald. He doesn't look anything like Aaron Donald. Well, like he actually, if you look at Khalil Mack's face and you look at Francis and no, 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 not look. I'm terms look of like, at their like hairstyles. In, in, they in, look exactly like. This just in Khalil Mack and Francis Ngannou are long lost brothers. No, nah, maybe not. But but speaking of the money, it, it's going to be huge. You have, like you said earlier, you're going to have the entire, um, not only the entire country of Cameroon, you're going to have the entire country of France who is still hungry for MMA. They're slowly getting MMA legalized by France. The continent of Africa. And they're going to have the continent of Africa. You're going to have the entire whatever that's of worth. The US. I don't know. There's there is going to be a lot of people watching this fight. So John Jones, he's not going to leave the UFC, and they're going to have one of the biggest heavyweight fights if not the biggest heavyweight fight of all time and you could book that right now and then the next uh one of the last stories of the show blake is that recently aljamain sterling i mean leading to 260 he was having some little media stuff and he ruffled some feathers to say the least he was going from like i have to ask is he doing and or saying the wrong things because he was a really hands down universally liked guy uh, well maybe not universally but you're weird if you didn't like Aljamain Sterling uh, at least nah dude he's had some he's had some questionable moments in the uh, MMA uh, time, for the most part he was he's been involved for the most part he was a, he, like was he tried pulling guy. the racist card against Cody Garbrandt oh, yeah, like that he, was, there was, that was there was some weird times with Aljamain but he I, I will say he would def I was definitely becoming a fan of yeah. him um leading up to the, like that Corey Sandhagen fight mm-hmm. badass the way he came back from the Marlon Marais devastating knockout, like definitely have a lot of respect for Aljamain, but Mm -hmm. to say he was one of the most liked people in MMA. That might be an overstatement, but he was, he was a liked guy. He was a liked guy. But now ever since the fallout from his DQ championship win over Piotr Jan from UC 259, people have liked him less and less. And he is clearly rubbing people the wrong way. And what he was saying in his most recent kind of media scrum is that he feels like Piotr Jan does not deserve a rematch after committing a, a flagrant, um, intentional foul like that. And he's tired of refs giving warnings. And there's we've had a number of fighters talking about this. Like, they're tired of, you know, like, eye poke. Oh, that's a warning. Oh, another eye poke. That's a hard warning. It's a not just a warning, but like it's a hard warning. And giving, like, fighters these opportunities to commit fouls whereas in other sports you know like in football oh he held that's not a warning we're just going to throw the penalty flag oh in college that's targeting we're not going to give a warning he's just out of there is it should that be the thing in mma is he right about this because i kind of think he is and also have you kind of soured on aljamain sterling do you, and do you kind of like him less and less with his recent kind of title reign media scrum those are two questions that take a lot of effort to answer both. Um, let's get let's for get your first that. for your first question. I'll yep. say it's hard. I feel like you're kind of comparing apples to oranges mm. in the, in in terms of the penalties that are being assessed and uh, potentially you know penalized. Because holding is a different story, right? When you're when you're in the NFL and someone does a does a foul, like it's there's yardage penalty, right? You're not just giving them like if you give someone a point in MMA, that's you basically gave them a touchdown. You basically gave them 
All right, yeah, let's like, say like Target. That, that was a score. Let's right? say Target because that's like in ejection. No, I'm saying any yeah. any kind of foul that that mm-hmm. anyone calls in any other sport besides MMA, like there's a tangible, you know, there, there's a reason as to why they're doing that, mm-hmm. and 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 they've thought about that before, and they know like what the outcome is going to be, and it's fair. In MMA, you know, s shit happens all the time. You can't really can you can't control it. And there's not really one blanket answer for everything that we're gonna that we're gonna come across, right? Like the Piotr Yanni that got a DQ, and then yep. also the uh, like the the very next week, Eric Anders when he got his DQ or uh, I don't even think it was a DQ. One of like the weakest, no contest, it was right? no contest, and one of the so, weakest, and literally just I've ever seen. a week of of a difference between those two situations, right? There's no there's no like how to manual now no. that's written out. And, and delivered to all the referees and judges of how to handle these situations. So, I mean, I get what Aljamain is saying. It would be amazing if there was um, a penalty system, I guess, kind of similar to that of, mm-hmm. of, of other sports out there, you know, with the, the flags and, and, you know, blowing of the whistles and all this kind of jazz. What about, what about this? But it's like... just, there's no way, like you'd have to reform the whole way that you score MMA so... because it's a 10 point freaking system, right? If you yeah. start for every little incident that happens in the cage if you start taking points away every time something happens the first go around dude it's gonna it's gonna change the freaking scope so maybe let's reword that should refs be quicker to take a point and give out less warnings that's so subjective it's so Mm -hmm. hard to say okay i mean it's it's really like (laughs) it's a case-by-case basis and that's what makes mma different than every other sport yeah, it, it's kind of a tough situation that we're in with with this one. We're kind of trapped between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and it, the people that are the the people affected most by this are those referees because they're almost in loser situation with this. Because for every fighter, it's a it's a different ask, uh, and, and so it's a really unfortunate spot. That's why referees are still one of the most underrated positions in all of professional sports. It, not football referees or, or baseball umpires. Screw those guys. But I'm talking like MMA referees. Um, I, they're like the only referees I really absolutely respect, uh, and because they haven't really done too much. And unless you're uh, you're Mario Yamasaki, then screw that guy. <laughs> uh, uh, why this? How do we keep on coming up with Mario Yamasaki in this show? He's uh, I don't know, man. He's he's in our hearts an and enigma. minds. Like a, <laughs> that's a great word. And um, let, let's go to the next one. Does Piotr Jan deserve the rematch? So does he deserve this instant rematch? Yeah, I think so. Just because he was beating the crap out of him so bad, yeah. like before before it happened. And it, it, I don't know. I mean, maybe I wouldn't get super upset if Aljamain didn't. I mean, it's tough. Like me personally, I I wouldn't cry if Aljamain went and fought someone else, and you know Piotr had to had to watch him fight someone else. What's the fight to make? Well, since Sandhagen's already fighting Dillashaw, that's mm-hmm. been confirmed, right? Yeah, it's confirmed. So there's no other fight. Back there's then? no other fight to make. We just there's got no other back. fight. Yeah, it has to, it has to be Sterling versus Jan, in my opinion. Yeah. It has to be. There's no one else that deserves that. No, uh, uh, you're you're correct with that one. Sandhagen's then... the only guy that can touch that man. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, he's fighting Dillashaw, like, dude. Sandhagen is is a, a huge badass, fight too. dude. That, that's a badass fight between uh, TJ and, and Sandhagen. I'm really crazy fight. I'm really looking forward to that. Crazy event. fight, dude. I, I don't think I can say enough. That fight is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, we just start screaming, bro. That fight up, is bro. awesome. I don't know what else to say. Like, 
there's no word that can really describe the the, the meaning because yeah. it's it's the the implications of that fight for the winner and loser in just the fight itself. It's and we get to see if you know TJ off looking, the juice. What just... them titties looking like, boy? <laughs> what them titties looking he like? Got that... He got some drop tit, huh? He Let's got that easy titty there. going on. <laughs> What's going on? I'm really interested. in that. I'm really excited for that. Then part three to finish up this question. What's your opinion on Aljamain Sterling currently? It's definitely going. It, I'm unless he's going full on heel and he's doing this 100% on purpose. Colby Covington, you know, then that would be the only way where it's like, okay, I understand. You just want people to hate you because yeah. you can't get people interested in you regularly. I understand that. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. It's the entertainment at the, at the end of the day. It's all but if he's being money. genuine and he and that really is how he feels, then mm-hmm. I do kind of think like, dude, like, come on, bro. Like, he was saying all the right things at first, and now mm-hmm. he's kind of switching the story. It's like, dude, you, you were getting your butt kicked. Realize that, accept mm-hmm. that, make the changes, run that fight back. Nothing else to say. I mean, really, it's, it's as easy as that. Enjoy the title while you have it, but like until you defend that against you or yeah until you defend it against yawn you know and you get that rematch back it's kind of just like uh i don't know man just like an article of clothing i guess it doesn't really hold very much value to anyone i swear what, what's going to happen like i'm not going to be surprised by one bit of it is that we're going to get like tmz pictures come out and it's going to be just uh, uh colby covington and uh Aljamain sterling just like kind of huddling in the corner like taking notes and stuff like that <laughs> Like that young thug and Lil Durk meme. Yep. Sitting at the computer. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's Kobe Covington. He's going to run that. And that's exactly what's going to go down. I'm, I'm calling it right now. We're going to get uh, Aljamain Sterling go to um, so whatever city or place he's in. You dirty fill in the blank. You all stink. Or, or the, the typical thing. You know, instead of Brazilians, just replace it with, with whatever city you're in. And, and that's exactly what it's going to be uh speak of chaos i can't wait to see him in the octagon soon because i miss uh seeing him in the fight because he's a fantastic performer but let's talk about the last story of the evening uh of the show blake let's talk about the trilogy fight that is all but confirmed for ufc 264 on july 10th conor mcgregor versus dustin poirier three is all but ready to go no location yet but imagine if they even put this well ireland's still probably gonna be close no, it'll probably be las vegas t-mobile Ooh, hopefully if t-mobile's open by then if anything we're looking texas we're looking florida no matter what this is gonna be a huge fight and i have to ask you blake did dustin poirier make the correct decision to take the conor mcgregor trilogy fight over the title fight for the light heavyweight championship of the world. I know we kind of talked about this on our last UFC talk, but with this fight being all but confirmed out, because when it was booked, Oliveira versus Chandler for the title, we we're like, oh, trilogy's happening. Now, do you still have the same belief? It did Dustin Poirier make the right call with this? Or are yeah, because no, like, the wait, championship see. fight's going to be there. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's still going to be there after the McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. There's no... His ranking isn't going to drop. You know, whoever wins that fight, it's not like it's going to be looked down upon for them winning that. Either they're going to get the next title shot, or if, because the way I see it going right now is when when is that Gaethje? Or, I'm sorry, when is the Chandler and Oliveira fight? UFC 262. Okay, so super soon. Soon. And that's that bodes well for Justin so. Gaethje, right? Because Justin Gaethje doesn't have a fight lined up. What if? And this is what I was thinking of over the weekend, and mm. I think Dana, I think Dana might have even alluded to it as well. Mm. Um. 
what if Chandler and Oliveira fight? You know, whoever wins doesn't matter. Oliveira or Chandler doesn't matter. Preferably Chandler, though. I'd love Preferably. Chandler to just knock his ass out in the first round. Such a know, nice clean, guy. I love Michael Chandler. Be clean, no injuries, and then just book Gaethje right after that. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then, you know, uh, 264 is going to be, what, July, you said, right? Yep. July, Like around July 10th? Yep. So you'd still have about, a, I want to say, two months uh, between 262 and 264 just about uh to 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 get that fight lined up and then give them a a rest you know of a month after the the trilogy fight mm-hmm. and that fight should line up perfectly for when the you know Gaethje and Chandler fights over with i mean it really it, it sets itself up perfectly and then that would be fantastic and then will we consider the trilogy fight between Connor and Justin is this a number one contender fight can Dustin Poirier if you wins he obviously is going to get a title shot uh, whether he wants it or not if Conor McGregor wins this, wins this trilogy fight, though, does that make him the number one contender for the lightweight belt? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, Dustin Poirier is that guy. If Conor McGregor can go out there and figure a way to beat him, yep. then I think he deserves that number one contender uh, spot. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. there's people out there right now that are going to – I I wouldn't be surprised if McGregor wasn't the favorite going into this next fight. He's going to be. It, Conor McGregor's always going to be the favorite until he's not. I don't know, man. There's a lot of people out there that are saying Dustin's going to start uh, uh, spark him this time. I'm still taking Dustin. I know it's the same thing with Francis Ngannou uh, or uh, with the Sipe fight and like, or uh, bet Sipe until it's not. But Dustin, man, Dustin's a, that guy, <laughs> like you said. Uh, as of right now, early predictions for this since we don't have Blake's bangers for this week as there is unfortunately no UFC card on this upcoming saturday but at least we get vittori versus till in a couple weeks here so that's gonna be a fuego fight blake in lieu of your blake's bangers give us your early prediction of the trilly fight what goes down and who wins it's like four months from now. i don't I care i can't even tell you bro. i don't care i, I honestly could not pick, even like, tell you who, you have to who give am me i gonna i can tell you who am i gonna name pressure i'm gonna give you a pressure who am i gonna root for i'm going to root for conor mcgregor because conor mcgregor is my favorite fighter of all time the one that got me uh super obsessed uh, with ufc him him and nate diaz actually are are the ones responsible so i got question personal question for you then blake before i cap things off is it possible for sugar sean o'malley to overtake conor mcgregor for your favorite fighter of all time and if so what does he's already on his way he's already on his way man i mean because so with me i get to grow with sugar like yep. he he's You're right around my age, age. Yeah. yeah exactly um and i and i've really witnessed him come up from the ground up like i saw his contender series bout and then once he got on my radar i was like okay i gotta follow this dude and then he got you know his first two wins were, were okay and then he gets suspended so i mean i've gone through the ebbs and flows he comes back mm-hmm. he gets you know two more fantastic knockouts right loses the cheetah so we're back down again yep. and now he comes back up gets a fantastic knockout with thomas I haven't gone through this with any other fighter, really. Um, not even like Cody Garbrandt, because he's like another guy that was one of my favorites. Um, I came in, I want to say, like the fight before he fought Cruz. Mm. So so I'm getting to experience pretty much all of Sugar Sean's journey with him. And it's, yeah, it's it's so fucking similar. awesome, dude. I'm, I'm going to be honest. But it also <laughs> was very stressful at the same time because, man, I'm telling you, watching those fights, like whenever I watch Cody fights, Sugar fights – you know guys that i really really care about um uriah faber josh emmett guys like max Payne griffin even now i guess that's the one thing that kind of sucks no uriah faber versus tj Dillonshaw, but i'll take the san hagen fight versus Dillonshaw. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. yeah like i was saying it just uh it, 
yeah, it makes me nervous, dude. My palms are just like dripping sweat. My my legs were shaking <laughs> during the fight. Even though Sean's beating the crap out of Thomas, like I, I literally like in between I think I think in between the second and third round, I actually had to get up and like pace for a second. Just wow. Like, wow. Rest, Blake is out. obsessed with it's, Sean dude, it's, it's a lot, man. So yeah, I think he's well on his way to overtaking Connor, but so let's just, let just Blake live the... out his dream, ladies and gentlemen. We're just going at Sugar Sean O'Malley on Twitter, on on Instagram to get him on the show. So I feel, I feel like if that he's happens, not got enough time to come on our show, man. He's it don't matter. If thirty thousand other put requests. it out there, put it out there because if that does happen, I feel like you would pass out. Oh, I'd I'd hold my own, bro. <laughs> It just maybe, be like talking maybe, to maybe not during just the like interview, talking to like, you, man. Just talking to one of the boys. See, see, not maybe during the interview, but like if I text you, you'd be like, "Hey, Blake, guess who we got coming on uh, this week?" And oh yeah, I'd definitely pass out if you told me. That's <laughs> right. He, he wear um, both of his Sugar Sean shirts. He had like the hoodie posts up in the in the background. Oh, I have my Sugar Sean merch on on Saturday. Best believe. Oh, you you bet you did. Like if you best didn't, believe. I'd be disappointed. So I'm saying, you know, I was, oh man, you know, you know what I was, uh, sparking up that night too. in in celebration. Yes. Um, the, the, um, well, oh yeah. Blake, like we're going back to, you would be a huge fan of the sugar state athletic commission enforcing the marijuana usage consumption. Yes. <laughs> the mandatory marijuana consumption. Oh, what about the John Jones athletic state commission? It's a little too hardcore for me. Mandatory cocaine. We're going to see cocaine fighting the octagon. Is that too much? A little too much. A little scary. A little, little scary. Just like the new heavyweight champion of the world, Francis Ngannou. But with scary. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up for us this week on this latest edition of UFC Talk. Let us know what you think about everything that we had to say uh, today, whether it be UFC 260, whether it be J- uh, John Jones potentially leaving and wanting to get cut from the UFC, does he even mean it? I want to hear your opinions, like your personal take on what you feel and what you think about Aljamain Sterling. And are you happy that we are getting the trilogy fight between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier? want to give a quick thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you go to patreon.com slash fourth and long, you can become a member of this prestigious group today thank you to patreon supporter ray rodriguez for all your call card collecting needs go follow at the big bat box on instagram thank you to neil wiley and his youtube channel chosen problems and a huge shout out to ryan watson blake like we've been doing recently one word or phrase is to describe ufc 260 lights out lights out that's a phrase with lights out We're going to fade out. We'll see you guys in the next one.